Texas is suing Pfizer. It's November 30th, 2023, and these are your headlines. So here's a story that's hot off the press, so to speak. We don't really have a press, but you know what I mean. Hot off the press here, new story this afternoon, and it's a big, big deal. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson announced today that the state is suing Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. Now, Attorney General Paxton in his office said, we are pursuing justice for the people of Texas, many of whom were coerced by tyrannical vaccine mandates to take a defective product sold by lies. The facts are clear. Pfizer did not tell the truth about their COVID-19 vaccines, whereas the Biden administration weaponized the pandemic to force illegal public health decrees on the public and enriched pharmaceutical companies. Ken Paxton says, I will use every tool I have to protect our citizens who are misled and harmed by Pfizer's actions. According to Paxton's office, Pfizer engaged in false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the company's COVID vaccine. And they say that violated the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. Paxton argues that Pfizer's claim that the COVID vaccine was 95% effective against infection was, quote, highly misleading. Pfizer was also put on notice at that time that vaccine protection could not accurately be predicted beyond two months. That's what Paxton argues in the filing. Nevertheless, he says Pfizer fostered a misleading impression that vaccine protection was durable and withheld from the public information that undermined its claims about the duration of protection. And despite the fact that its clinical trial failed to measure whether the vaccine protects against transmission, Pfizer embarked on a campaign to intimidate the public into getting the vaccine as a necessary measure to protect their loved ones. Paxson's office noted that COVID-19 cases increased after widespread vaccine administration and some areas saw a greater percentage of deaths from COVID among the vaccinated population than the unvaccinated. By the way, as we're talking about this right now, I don't know how many times you can say vaccine on some of these platforms. If you haven't already, please hit like, hit subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, please share uh, so we can get past the censors. But the lawsuit also raises issues with Pfizer's censorship of critics. He asked the question, he said, how did Pfizer respond when it became apparent that its vaccine was failing and the viability of its cash cow was threatened by intimidating those spreading the truth and by conspiring to censor its critics? Pfizer labeled as criminals those who spread facts about the vaccine. It accused them of spreading misinformation and it coerced social media platforms to silence prominent truth tellers. In fact, I know many of y'all have had the same thing happen to you on different social media platforms. Let us know in the comments. Have you been censored for talking about the COVID vaccine? Let us know. As the 21-day waiting period between the time a sole finalist for university president is selected and officially appointed nears its close, Texas A&M interim president Mark Welsh continues to face scrutiny over his past support of leftist ideologies. We've talked about Mark Welsh before. He is the interim president. We have new records here, new story at Texas Scorecard showing that following George Floyd's death in 2020, Welsh released a statement in which he endorsed the idea of 
white privilege. So in that 2020 time period, he put out a statement where he said, quote, while we could argue over the definition of white privilege, there's no question in my mind that it exists. I should know. I grew up with it, not because I wanted it, not because I asked for it, not because my family or I agreed with it, not because I tried to take advantage of it, and not because I or anyone else I knew actively promoted it, but just because it was a reality in our country and I was white. He told students, faculty, and staff at the Texas A&M Bush School of Government and Public Service that the violent protesting that followed Floyd's death had to stop. He said, we can't let ourselves be distracted by that violence. It is not the message we need to hear. But he added, Black Lives Matter, that's the message. I stand firmly in defense of that message. This isn't a new revelation in the sense that we have seen that Welsh has expressed pro-DEI viewpoints, for example, on multiple occasions. It's gotten a lot of criticism over it. Most recently, he did this to the university's faculty leaders back in August, where he told the A&M Faculty Senate, I think we've weaponized the acronym DEI. Welsh was also instrumental in DEI advocacy in the Bush School, hosting the first ever diversity town hall in 2021. He also chaired the Bush School's DEI committee and was involved in instituting mandatory DEI trainings for students, additional mandatory training in faculty and uh, for faculty and staff, and creation of a new internal incident reporting mechanism for behavior that doesn't rise to the level of the university's existing Stop Hate program. But his support of DEI goes back to at least 2016 when he gave a speech on diversity and hiring, advising students to interview everybody with an open mind. In my view, ties go to diversity talking about giving preferential treatment during hiring. Now, Welsh has served as the university's interim president since this summer when former president Kathy Banks resigned following a hiring debacle. He was named the sole finalist for university president on November 17th. Now, the required 21-day waiting period between when a sole finalist is chosen by the Board of Regents and officially appointed means that Welsh may be named president as soon as December 8th. What have you been told all your life that if somebody's a minority in the United States of America, they're a left-wing nutcase? Uh, CNN, MSNBS, they've all invested millions of dollars and tons of hours to convince you that if you're a minority in this country, you have to be a Democrat, you have to be a socialist, you have to be a communist. Well, the Salcedo Storm podcast destroys that narrative. There are a lot of folks out there who are quote unquote people of color who just look at themselves as Americans who want to preserve this last best hope of mankind on the planet, which is the United States of America and loves our constitution, loves the rule of law because we know and understand what it means. So when you tune into the Salcedo Storm podcast, that's what you're getting. Every single podcast, one way or another, we're, we are dedicated to saving the United States of America as founded in the United States Constitution and destroying this narrative that, well, we Latinos are just all a bunch of left-wing nutcases. Lastly, I just wanna say a few words about an amazing event I got the opportunity to attend yesterday in Lano, Protect Our Children event hosted by some grassroots activists down there. Great turnout. And the message was clear from parents, grandparents, citizens alike, everybody who showed up. 
And that was that though the Texas legislature made steps to protect children during the last session, well, there's still more that needs to be done. That was the consensus of speakers and attendees at that Protect Our Children event held in Lano. Now, why Lano? Well, if you haven't followed this story, Lano is the center right now of a major battle involving our children. County officials in Lano were sued for removing explicit books from the children's section of the library last year. And by the way, removing them from the children's section and putting them in the adult section. Well, that got lawsuits, right? The left couldn't take that. U.S. District Court Judge Robert Pittman ruled in March that the Lano County Library System must return all of the books, the removed books, and barred the county from taking any more books off the shelves until the lawsuit ends. Well, the county then appealed that decision to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, who heard oral arguments in June. Both parties are awaiting the court's decision. But as Lano County awaits the decision of the court, local conservative activists held an event to raise funds for the costly lawsuit and inform citizens of the pornography book battle happening throughout Texas and the nation. We had a great group of speakers and panelists there who discussed victories, such as different pieces of legislation signed into law that ban explicit material from school libraries, explicit performances, targeting minors, gender mutilation procedures, on children. Those are things that we saw passed during the last legislative session. But they noted that the fight must continue. So again, I want to thank the organizers of that event, Bonnie Wallace, all the concerned citizens down there who put it together. You can check out our write-up of the event as well as more stories of today at texasscorecard.com. 